0: In the grand theater of life, we all seek a comeback, a resurgence, a rekindling of our inner fire. But how do we spark that flame? Welcome to Reignite Resilience. This is not just another podcast, this is a journey, a venture into the heart of human spirit, the power of resilience, and the art of reigniting our passions.
1: Welcome back to part two of our two-part interview with Alexa Hasman. We are so excited to dive back in to hear more about Alexa's personal journey in training for ultra marathons. Yes, that's plural. And some of the curveballs that get thrown your way when you're training and when you're in the middle of the race. So many cross-references that I think we can take away in terms of this endurance training, the mental agility, the flexibility and adaptability that a runner must have that can correlate to some of the experiences that we often have in life when we're talking about resiliency. We hope that you enjoy.
2: How it works in the ultra world is you have to do all these qualifiers to try and get into all these other races. There's like all these stepping stones. Yeah. So it's like, shoot, I got to do another one. The only one I can think of is Bigfoot 200. And that sounds terrible. I don't want to do that ever. And so at that moment, I decided I'm never going to do a 200 miler. A few weeks later, once I forgot how horrible running a 100 miler was, I was like, all right, let's do 200. Let's do, let's double that. (sighs) Yeah. So that's how it happened. And then with the 250, it was almost the same thing. I, Got COVID right after Bigfoot and I was sitting in, in bed suffering away and I was like, I'm just going to sign up for a 250 miler and I'm going to make that my <sighs> purpose. First of all, that's amazing.
1: Congratulations. But there's also a little bit of reward for me to hear that when other people have idle time, they put additional things on their calendar as well. Yes, not just uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. So, let's I mean, you you train for the race, you get through Bigfoot. I'd love to just hear like post race. You get to the end Mm -hmm. Your crew is there to meet you, I'm assuming at the end. Kind of walk us through what that physically feels like. What does it emotionally and mentally feel like? Energetically, where are you? I'm sure you're exhausted Mm -hmm. in every sense of the word. Describe that feeling for us.
2: Yeah, I think we think when we finish a 200-mile race that it is going to be this amazing feeling. But you're so dang tired that you're just like, I don't care. I just want to eat like normal food and like fall asleep right here, right here. So like, that was the biggest thing I was looking forward to, because when you're running, you have to be really careful about what you're eating at the end. I was like, just give me all the freaking food. Give me all. I just need it all. And give me a a beer and a place to put my head down. And I'm set. You know, my friends are so excited. They're hugging me. And I'm so mentally checked out because I haven't, I've slept three hours in five days. And so I'm just like, you know, just sort of just like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> that sound. So yeah. That's sort of how it feels. Unfortunately, you know, you wish you could be more in the moment, but it's hard to be when you're that exhausted.
0: How yeah. long does it take you to recover mm-hmm. when you finish a race like that?
2: I, like fully, probably a month, but you start to feel better about after two weeks. I think the biggest thing is like your feet swell up a ton. So it looks like okay. you're nine months pregnant with your lower legs because they are so okay. swollen. Your skin is horrific. So we went straight to vacation from Bigfoot Two Hundred, and so I wow. was at the pool, like covered in like cuts and like bruises from the trees, and and swollen. And then my skin was broken out from like running for five days straight. And I was like, "This is a this is a luck, yeah, this is a good luck."
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I didn't even think about that because I just I did the um a sixty mile walk this in August. And how badly my ankles and my legs swelled up. And then how my skin on my ankles and feet like peeled for like a month. I was like, what is this situation? Mm-hmm. Like, not, like, I had done it like 20 years ago, did not have that same stuff happen. So this was like totally foreign to me. I was like, wow. So I can't mm-hmm. even imagine that was walking for 60 miles, yeah. running for 200 miles.
2: Yeah, your feet definitely look a certain type of way afterwards. I will always claim to have the grossest feet because of what I do for a living. And so when we go to, you know, pools with the kids and all the moms have these cute toenails, I'm like, yeah, no, mine are black.
1: (laughs) I I may have toenails this season. Sure, I may have some.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But usually my feet are bloody and disgusting and like dirty. Because yes. it'd be hard to get the dirt off after those long trail runs too. Yeah, there's scrub, but it it soaks in. Oh so, my gosh!
0: Uh, Tell me about the leap from doing marathon to an ultra marathon. Like, yes. what made you decide to go from? Because I'm assuming you didn't just start out saying I'm going to do ultra marathons. Did was there a progression, or did you just literally go from I'm
2: running? I think I'll do an ultra. So I had never ran a marathon by the time I just decided to do an ultra. However, okay. I thought, well, I should probably try to do a marathon first, but the thing is that they're such different sports now looking back, I know yeah. that that's yeah. not, that's not true. And that's not how I advise my clients, but okay. that's how I looked at it at the time. But I wanted to just go straight into that pain cave, into the trail okay. pain cave. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, marathons is just a totally different beast. It's a totally different training process. everything is so different about it that yeah I would advise now but if you want to get into ultra running that you you don't have to do a marathon just go right into the 50
0: go right into it and it is different because a marathon you're typically on the roads and ultra marathon obviously you're in the woods
2: yes and then the biggest thing that I tell people with ultra running is there's a lot more eating in ultra running like it is like Mm. an eating contest so favorite quote about ultra running is you're running from food tent to food tent in the middle of the forest. And yeah. so you're just trying to get in as many calories as you can. Yeah, And so that means stopping and eating and you're eating like quesadillas and tacos and, and chips and burgers and all that stuff. Wow. And you will never see that at a marathon and you're hiking up the hills. You're not running up all the hills you're hiking. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. people think, When I run 200 miles, that I'm running consistently the whole time. Heck no, there's not a single person out there that is running the whole time. We are eating a lot of the time, most of the time, and we are hiking. It's a almost a hiking sport. Okay. And do you all
1: nap? Like, is there a a known space that you can take a quick 30 minute? Because it sounds like you do about a 30 minute power nap per day. Is that
2: how your sleeping schedule works? So actually, how we broke it down is like 90 minute to 90 minute naps. So like okay. two days yes. in ninety, and we really went off of how I was functioning. And so my crew could yeah. tell if I was just talking nonsense or uh, it almost feels like you're drunk, like you're slurring yeah, your yeah. words. Then we would say, all right, let's, let's take a 90 minute nap. Other than that, occasionally we do what's called a dirt nap, which is five to 10 minutes on the side of the trail. And so you'll see just bodies along the trail as you go. And they're fine. You just know that they're fine. They're just taking a rest.
0: I was gonna do an ultra marathon until you told me about sleeping in the dirt because I don't like spiders no, snakes, do. or anything. Oh,
2: no spiders or snakes. Oh no. Maybe no Arizona. No. None
0: of Oh, yeah, no scorpions, <laughs> <laughs> any of that stuff. Oh
1: yeah, my.
2: I, I love that that's what is deterring you, Pam. Is yeah. the bond yeah, like the nature? nature. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was like one of the biggest things. Like my last dirt nap. Outside of Mount St. Helens in the forest up there, there are massive biting black like horse flies that yeah. are just swarmed on you for miles and miles. And you just I kept just being like, uh-huh. I, I am one with the flies at this point, <clears throat> like embedded in your hair. They're on your skin. They're just stuck to you and they're biting the heck out of you. And so you try to lay down for a dirt nap and you can't. They're just biting away at you. That was horrible. That was, yeah, my least favorite thing about it.
0: Yeah, you lost me at the bugs.
2: <laughs> Just like, done, done. Some, again, and this is
1: what amazes me so much yeah. is that, you know, two weeks later, it's like, you know, I think I can do it again. I and think can do it in
2: <laughs> 250. Let's add another 50
1: onto
2: it. Wow. I mean, there's something really transformative about getting through that and being like, I can do that. I can make it through that And the bug thing, it really, you really have to like put your head down and really focus Mm -hmm. on like, I'm not going to let this get in my head because it, it does. And people will drop out of the race because of the biting and, and that sort of stuff. And you just got to be like, nope, it's okay that there's literally hundreds of bugs on my body right now.
1: And you train your clients that way as well so that they understand that.
2: Yeah, I mean, hopefully they're they're not doing a race covered in black horse flies. But <laughs> yes, if they are, then yes, absolutely. We go over, okay. this is what you need to do. You just need to just accept okay. it. It's just part of it.
0: Yeah. Oh my and God. When you're coaching people and getting them from, you know, never running or partially running, getting to yeah. just doing a marathon, is it the self-talk? Is that the hardest thing to get people through? Or are there other things that kind of, are roadblocks for people to achieve that goal.
2: I think the other big roadblock is mentally giving up. So there's, yeah. you hit a point where people are like, I can't. And they're just focused on like, I can't do this anymore. And again, yeah. that comes down to like, let's sit down for a second, snack, maybe take a nap, depending on what what the situation, obviously not yes. in like a half marathon or something. Why don't you think you can keep going? What's the problem right now? Mm-hmm. How can we sort of work our way around that in a lot of these things about running half marathons, marathons, ultras, and climbing mountains, is adapting. And so we have to adapt these things that are going to come up. So teaching them the mechanisms to adapt on the fly. So we know that no matter what, no race is going to be perfect. Mm. Even in a 5K, things are going to go wrong. Your shoes going to rub you weird. You know, you're going to chafe somewhere. How are we going to fix that? How are we going to change that? And so making sure that they're adaptable is one of the biggest psychological skill that we can work on too
0: resilient basically
2: exactly yes completely resilience okay
1: Adaptability is huge because as you're talking about all of the elements that can be thrown your way, plus Mm -hmm. we just talk about nature and then the physical changes that you're going through your body, right? Like it's, it's great when you talk about it at the end, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier to process your feet are swollen, your skin's peeling, but there is the, you hit the tree branch or you stepped on something. Now you've got a new laceration. You just got to like push plow through it, right? Like I'm, it's okay. Okay. I understand I'm bleeding. I'm just going to keep running and keep going.
2: Yeah, exactly. That I mean,
1: adaptability is is significant. Everything is coming at you. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So we practice, what are we going to do when something goes wrong? And we, so we go through these processes of like, what if I'm throwing up? Because so that's really common right. for us, like, because your GI system gets so thrown off. What yeah. am I going to do? So we go through those processes. And then we also remind them that we, we have gone over all these terrible things that could happen and are absolutely could happen but you know what it's going to be it's going to be the one thing that we didn't plan for that's going to happen and that always is the case every Um, single hundred miler that I've ran there has been a new challenge that I never expected to have come up and so we always have to just be prepared that that one thing is going to happen and usually it's going to be more than one thing so kind of like life Yes, exactly. Uh,
0: you know, you can, we can prepare and we can say, well, you know what? This could happen. That could happen. I'm going to prepare. This is what I'm going to do if this happens. But then you get thrown that curveball and you're like, well, what was that? But yeah. if you can give people those tools for the self-talk and being able to talk through pivoting and, and yeah. changing to adapt to what has been thrown at me is you know it's a metaphor for life but yeah an ultra marathon is like the extreme life
2: yeah they they say that a hundred mile is like experiencing life in a day yeah you have these massive extreme highs and you have these really big lows and so and then you're constantly cycling through that and and it's really a metaphor for life which is
0: absolutely so do you see yourself doing marathon these ultra marathons for how long as long as I can, as long as you can yeah. do it, okay,
1: yeah,
0: yeah are no, how many kids do you have? I have two, two kids, okay, two kiddos. So are they runners?
2: No, okay. I would say. Well, one seven, one nine. seven, one's nine, I taught my daughter's like running class for a little bit. She's got a syndrome that makes it really hard for her to okay. do sports right now. Yes. So she's not really picking up on it. My son is really focused on the team sports. He did just pick up skiing, which okay. we're really excited about. I'm really excited about, yeah. but no running right now.
0: What did they think about mom doing these 200, 250 mile runs?
2: I think my daughter gets really nervous. That something could happen. I mean, it is a dangerous sport. And then my son thinks it's just the coolest thing. And so how I like to announce like the races that I'm going to do next is I have them watch like a 15 minute like YouTube video of the race. And I'm like, all right, guys, this is what I'm going to be doing next. And my daughter will usually like, don't, don't do it, mom, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> the voice yeah. of reason don't, yeah. do, it. don't exactly. do it mom yeah. and your son's like, like that's so cool That's <laughs> awesome! Can, can I do it with you and I'm like no you cannot do it with me can I run part of it with you can I be there in the van and I'm like no yeah. you can't but I love and hopefully eventually he will be able to come and see yeah. parts of it but it just is such a long process but Yeah. And then they follow my tracker during all the races and they blow kisses at the tracker and send me videos and they're my biggest fans for sure. So I think probably in a few years, they're probably going to be embarrassed about it, but that's okay. It's okay.
1: They're they're typically embarrassed yeah. about everything that parents do for the most part until they cycle out of it. It's okay. <laughs> <And, and laughs> it's yeah. a season. <laughs> well, hopefully they don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Alexa, like you, when you watch those videos, do those YouTube videos typically highlight like some of the curveballs that are thrown at yes. the runners? Okay, and so that's what your kids get to see as well.
2: Yeah. So they'll see you know the bloody feet yeah. and people pooping yeah. on the side of the trail. And they all know that I go through that. They see my feet. They know that stuff. They know like I'll, you know, falling in trail running is common. So they'll see me come home from training runs like bloody and bruised up. So they know that's part of it. Yeah. So they know the lows. They know the highs, everything about it.
1: Yeah. What are the most memorable curveballs that you can think of that you've experienced on a run?
2: Well, let's see. There's so many. During that race that wasn't ended up not being a race, I tore my meniscus at mile 37. Wow. And so I had to sort of figure out, well, how do I keep going? And so, you know, cause I couldn't really bend my leg all that well. So it was like hobbling for, you know, 60 miles and yeah. um, it was pretty brutal, but that overcoming that and continuing to go past that, knowing that I'm not going to be breaking any records and it's mm-hmm. going to be really slow, but yeah. I'm going to keep doing it. That's one. One of my highlights is there's this angry bird that everybody was warned about along the hundred mile races. And his name's Griffin, the bird, and he's a hawk and he will swoop down and attack runners. And so I was at such a low point during that super miler. I just was like, Griffin, Griffin. come and take Take me, me. (laughs) take me. He didn't didn't come and take me, but I was ready. I was like, I don't even care. Like, come well, he's like, I'm
0: not messing with this lady. (laughs) Like she's asking me to come down there. She's probably gonna do something to me. Griffin met his match. Yeah, Yeah. that was it. (laughs) I'm curious if Griffin is still on that trail or if he's like, I'm moving on. I'm I'm moving on. They know me now.
2: (laughs) I was I was excited though about that at that point. I was like, Yeah, "I I wanna see this bird. I wanna take him on. Yeah, and then the I think the number one highlight for me is my first hundred miler and working my way up into first place female and holding that for about 30 or 40 miles because there comes a certain fear once you get into the first place position that is also a, a big psychological test of like yes. don't get in your head like don't freak out you're okay yeah you just gotta you just gotta keep doing what you're doing right now so oh, yeah
1: Oh Oh my gosh. I think that there are so many parallels. We see that quite a bit with people that step into leadership roles, right? They work so hard to achieve this leadership role and then they have that freak out moment of, you know, the imposter syndrome or what am I doing here? Or don't don't drop the ball, like just don't drop it. Mm -hmm. All of that happens. Yeah, so so many... Parallels to just life, and a lot of the again, it goes back to that mental self talk. Like, what are we saying? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Are we building ourselves up to be more successful, or are we are we the weight that's holding us back? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely.
0: absolutely. I yeah. love it. beautiful. Now, do you only coach people in your area, or do you coach people virtually, or how if people wanted to find out more about you and reach out to you and? Find yeah,
2: so coach I coach locally. In person and then remotely through uphill athletes. So yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: okay. So people so, um,
2: so. probably the majority of what I do is remote. I have clients all over the world, which is really oh. fun too.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Now have you run ultra marathons outside of your area? Like I know you're doing Arizona, but like
2: international. No, no, but my plan in September is to do one of the hardest races in the world. For which is going around the Italian Alps, it's 220 miles, about 80,000 feet of gain. So, pending I get into that, it'll, it's a lottery. So, I got to make sure I get into it. But that's the goal for September. And if I don't get into that one, hoping to do a Swiss Alps run. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, Pam has
1: experience about driving up the wrong way of the road, and she got a little elevation gain that way. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about
0: that, Natalie. <laughs> Just because I drove on a road that we're not supposed to drive on. Yes. To castle that was for people only. <laughs> and have them- Drive across the square where it's just for people. <laughs> oh and my may gosh. Or, may or may not have been in the Sound of Music movie. And yes. here I am in a car. And they tell us, just tell them you're American. It'll be free. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I would totally do something like that too. Well, in our Tam, defense, the solution was you should have just gotten out and ran it. That's what you should have there done. <laughs> it is. I
0: should have just ran it. Well, here's what everyone should know is that when you rent a car in Europe, and you ask for a GPS to a village to find your hotel, they will put the address of the castle, not your hotel,
1: into the GPS. Yeah.
2: It's okay.
1: Different. We've had a lot of experiences with international GPS systems. Anyway, that's a different day. We should probably go into all of those.
2: That's a story. Like the Italian version of an Uber. So I'm not even gonna try to drive over there.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's I love that. So positive thoughts and energy for that. It will is the qualifier
2: the race the 250 or is it no, just, a, just lottery a lottery based off of what you've done it's a lottery yeah oh, luck of the draw at that point so okay yeah. well we
0: will send all sorts of positive energy we'll make sure we put if you'll send us your links if people are interested in reaching out to you and maybe getting coaching from you because maybe maybe this got people excited about you know yes. running through the woods and having birds and Eating flies and Hor- no, horse, flies. Yeah. <laughs> horse flies, yes, horse flies and all these other things, you know, racing with them. Then you know they can reach out to you and and do this. That's but really you cool. also train people for smaller things like your five yeah. Ks and your and that's what you trained Beth to do her marathon. So yeah. if Absolutely. you're interested in and in maybe trying this out, trying something new, building some physical resilience in your life, and obviously mental resiliences too, because it takes a lot of mental resilience too. Do an ultra marathon, do a half marathon, even a, a full marathon, a, yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, Absolutely. so honored to have had you on here. Exactly. I have zero interest in running. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, 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 we should have probably shared with Alexa. Here's our experience with running. And and Alexa, it, it is uh, running is not part of who I am. That's not who <laughs> I, It's not part of who I am at all. And when we started out the episode, you said, you know, if someone calls and they want to run a half marathon and it's six months out, you're like, maybe, let's see, what's the condition of your body? Do you have any injuries? I wish I had called you. My first half marathon was as a result of a mindset work that I was doing. I had a friend that extended an invitation to do the San Diego half. I guess it's a half and a full. I trained in 12 weeks independently on my own. And if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't do that. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's quite the push there to, yeah. to get a half marathon distance. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and so I've checked the box. So I've
1: completed a half. I have no desire to ever do it again, though. It was one of those things. I know my body is physically able to do it. But yeah. the mental piece that you've touched on so much today, that was the hardest part. Having that much time alone in my head with myself
2: is a lot. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah, it is. That's what yeah. podcasts are made for, though. Yeah, that's true. Listen to that while you're training. (laughs) So do you plug in when you
1: run? That was one of my questions. I was curious. You do plug in. Oh yeah.
2: I listen to you know my murder podcasts while I'm out in the forest in the middle of the dark. And oh
0: would you do that?
2: It'll keep you running.
0: (laughs) So oh my God. well now you are truly a hero. If I was not impressed by you
1: before, yeah, I am now totally impressed by I, you now.
0: I'm truly truly impressed. For me it's all about playing the most hip hop music that like is going to oh. like pep in my step and make me yeah. start singing.
2: Yeah, for a few hours that works and then after a few you're hours like done. you're like, "Oh my gosh. Actually, I don't know if do I can so.
0: find that many hours worth of Music podcast. That's or what podcast. your
1: crew is for. They're help there to help you, like load things in
0: and, yeah. and yeah. things like that. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, it has been an absolute honor. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We'll make sure your information's in the show notes. And yes. yeah, we wish you the best of luck with your two fifty and with yeah. Switzerland and running through the Alps. Thank you yeah, so amazing. much. I
1: appreciate what, it.
2: Thank you for having that's me. A big,
1: yeah. That's Absolutely. A big, We're going to witness the power of manifestation. So my invitation to yes. all of the listeners is to just manifest that she wins the lottery and she's selected. Alexa, thank you. It has been a pleasure. And if you could also share with us information about the Every Town Survivor Fellow, because yes. we'd like to pass that information on. I think Absolutely. there's an important message. And especially when you are running to where raise awareness, we want to be able to pass that on to our listeners as well.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Any support helps. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank, thank Thank you. Oh my goodness.
1: Well, that wraps up another episode of Reignite Resilience. Thank you all for joining us. If you are interested in experiencing or having more exclusive content, head on over to reigniteresilience.com where you can subscribe to our VIP community where we have book reviews, newsletters, and bite-sized pieces of information where you can thrive as we talk about resiliency on a weekly basis. So check it out at Reignite Resilience. And until next time, We'll see you all soon. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Reignite Resilience. We hope that you had amazing ahas and takeaways. Remember to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, like it and download the upcoming episodes. And if you know anyone in your life that is looking to continue to ignite their resilience, share it with them. We look forward to seeing you on our future episodes. And until then, continue to reignite that fire within your hearts.